Good morning, everyone. Let's stand and worship this morning, and we'll usher everybody that's in the uh, lobby into here.
gentleness has walked beside me. The winter storms make way for spring. In every season, from where I'm standing, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see your promises in something and uh, you forget about the goodness of God and what he's done for you but I want to start with this second verse again I want you all to think about the little pieces of evidence that you have that God really has been good to you 
Let's face it, folks, he has been good to us. So let's, let's sing the second, second verse again. Help me remember when I'm weak. Fear may come, but fear will leave. You lead my heart to victory. You are my strength, and you always will be. I see the evidence of your I better take that off. Good morning. To all of my friends, my name is Harvey. For the others, I won't tell you, okay? Um, and I'm not going to say what I say every time I get up here. I promise I won't say, even though the sun is shining outside, the sun, Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father, is in this beautiful sanctuary this morning. Can I have an amen? Uh, first of all, I want to welcome the new people that are here. Well, that's not the right word, the new people. <laughs> They're not new. Uh, the people who are here for the first time, or even the second time, welcome to Genesis. Our hearts are open for you, and uh, we love you as much as we love each other that's been here for years and years. Listen, if you're not fired up by now with this music and these people who are dedicated, dedicated to what they do, they don't do it for themselves, they do it for the glory of God. And if I was sitting with you guys, I'd give them a great hand of applause. 
My, my heart is still thumping from that first song, hymn. Um, I'm up here to um, talk to you about a testimony, and if that word testimony um, scares you a little bit, what we want to do, to do and what I want is for you to raise your hand. If you don't want to come up here, I'll come to you uh, to find out how God was in your life uh, this last week. Like we could probably get somebody to stand up that about their grandchild and um, how that came out. Maybe. Yeah, we missed, uh, was it last week? Last week, because we were self-quarantining, worried that Lily had COVID, but uh, turned out she had an ear infection. I don't know if you remember when we just got sick, but um, we're, we're grateful for that. Everything is, everything is fine for them. Um, let me have a show of hand. Somebody would like to share with us how you responded to God's will and God's glory this last week. Oh, there we go. I'll meet you halfway. I got in a fight with a friend of mine over a game, and uh, God gave me the grace to go to him and tell him that I acted immaturely and apologized to him, and sometimes that's hard to do. And I want to thank God for Harvey. He reminds me of Barnabas, uh, son of encouragement. Thank you. Um, anybody else? Ah. Good morning, everybody. Um, so last week, if you were here, Bo spoke about just praying a really simple prayer, God help. And the week, or that week that led up to last Sunday, I was having a really stressful day. I teach. And it's actually going pretty well, but anyway, I was super stressed out. And that's actually the only prayer that came to me is God help. So on Sunday, it was kind of crazy to hear that. But what was really interesting that day is we are a one car family right now. And my husband dropped me off at work in the morning. And I realized at the end of the day that I didn't bring a coat with me. And I was like, oh man, this is like the worst end to the day. Now I have to walk home without a coat on which is like a 45 minute walk. And so I have these boxes in my office for like five or six years that have clothes to give away. And when I got into my office, I looked at the boxes and I knew that there was a coat in the box. And, you know, it was a crazy day. Nothing didn't get better that day necessarily, but um, just praying God help throughout the day, I knew that God, saw me and I was warm walking home that day and I don't know it was cool oh. great story anybody else okay pastor I'm, I'm, I'm going to take an extra 30 seconds well maybe 45 and so don't yell at me in my opinion we Protestants don't talk about Mary the mother of Joseph a mother of Jesus enough do we and I, I thought about Mary this past week. You know, their scholars say she was 13 years old when she had baby Jesus. So we'll leave it at that, at 13. I was thinking when Jesus was maybe five or six, he would climb up to Mary's lap and he would say, Mother, 
You know, they didn't have the word mama back then. It was mother. And he would say, mother, tell me about the angels again. And she would tell her about the angels. And he would say, mother, what did, what did the wise men bring again? Tell me, about, tell me about that. And she would tell him. And then oftentimes when he was working in the shop, he would hit his thumb with the hammer and he would climb upon Mary's lap and she would comfort him. And then when he got a little bit older, like eight or nine years old, things changed a little bit. And Mary said, Jesus, you get home before dark. I don't want you to be out there walking the streets when it's dark. So let's think about Mary a little bit more and uh, of what she went through. And uh, to think that she was doing all that for our, our blessed Jesus. Amen. I'm done, and they're going to play another great song. So I have to turn my back on you. You guys, I could stand here and look at all of you, all your faces. It's, just, it's beautiful. But I can't. Carol's saying, come on, shut it off, Harvey. <laughs> so thank you. Let's stand one more time. We weren't supposed to do this song this morning. We had another one in our, uh, our list to do. <laughs> and I sprung it on everybody this morning, but I woke up singing it. So I took that as a sign and just let the chips fall where they may, I guess. But <laughs> at least it's not a Christmas carol, yeah. Uh, but, you know, this song with everything that is, is wrong, um, with, this, with the injustice in the world, with the, everything that's unfair, everything that we have to go through as far as sickness and disease and depression and anxiety, God is our healer. And that's what this song talks about. So let's concentrate on the fact that he's our healer during this song.
seated. Let's do the chorus one more time. Stand up again. Good morning, welcome to Genesis. My name is Allison and I have a couple of announcements to share. So we are in the midst of a food collection for one of our compassion partners and that's Detroit Friendship House. So for the next two Sundays, uh, you can still either donate uh, cash or a check to uh, Detroit Friendship House. The easiest way to do that is online. Uh, and you can find their website at DetroitFriendshipHouse.org. We will also be collecting uh, Thanksgiving-related food items in the lobby for two more weeks. Um, so that would be anything you might have for Thanksgiving. So stuffing and potatoes, mac and cheese, rice, green beans, um, sweet potatoes, cranberry sauce, you guys get the idea, right? So um, you can either donate the cash and they'll use that to cover a whole meal, $25 covers a whole meal, or bring uh, the next time you're at the grocery store, grab some extra stuff and bring it in on Sunday. Um, we have a couple of, uh, a couple of items in the back there on the table when you walked in. One is a little sheet that is the budget affirmation sheet. So we're looking for the folks who call Genesis home to let us know whether the budget is affirmed. And you can do that on this little piece of paper and stick it in the wooden box. Or you can go to the link if you got the text message this morning. And in the green card, there is um, a little button you can click to affirm the budget. Either one of those work. Um, and we would love to, um, for as many folks as possible, to do that uh, soon. Also in the back, uh, last Sunday was our Covenant Sunday, which is kind of the celebration of our church values. And we do this every year. Um, in the back uh, on the table is the list of those values. And if, uh, if this is a place that, that you call home and, and uh, you can affirm those values, uh, just sign that piece of paper. There's actually two sets on there. So type, tear it in half, take one home to keep and sign the other and put it in the wooden box. That would be awesome. All right, and then 
fun stuff. So we have a game night, adults only, this coming Saturday, November 13th. It is from 6.30 to 9 p.m. It'll be here in the church. Uh, if you have a favorite game, bring it. There will also be some, some games here already. If you've got a friend who wants to play, bring them too. There'll be some light refreshments. And if you have any questions, Nikki Halbeck is the person to talk to about that. So adults only games, come have some fun. Uh, it's a great thing to do in like those like quiet November weekends, right? All right, now it's connection time. So uh, we're gonna ask everybody to stand up, uh, say hi to the folks around you. This is also a great chance to get in some of those steps if you're counting. So feel free to make a lap or two around the church, say hi to some people on the other side. There's no limit. So uh, thanks everybody.
morning. Good morning. Welcome again. How's it going? I'm pretty good. Yeah, this is it right here, right? The connecting and laughing is a, I mean, this is worship. We organize around connection. One of the things we're going to be doing today is taking communion. And so if you're on Zoom or on Facebook, if you want to grab, you know, whatever liquid you have at home and bread and have that ready, after the teacher, we can take communion. If you're here, we have a little container. So I want to let you know we got a new one. And so um, you can grab it in that little wicker basket up there. The green one is gluten-free, and I'm sorry, if, but if so, you need a gluten-free one, and the green one is the stuff that we've used before. So, but you can take that, but the other one is new. I did a taste test this morning, and it is much better. So you can grab those elements. Thank you for those of you who have affirmed the budget for coming up. Thank you for those who continue to participate in that, in your giving doing that online, sending it. You can drop a check in the back to be a part of what God is doing here in the city, in the community, in our lives, and encouraging that work. So thank you. Let me pray. So Father, uh, you are good and you provide for every need. And even in this time, as we hear rumors of shortages taking place everywhere, you're the provider. There's shortages in other countries, or maybe shortages in neighborhoods, or, or work staff, or just the needs, Lord. Come, God, we trust you to provide. And those gaps, you are generous, and you give, and you give to the ungrateful, and the wicked, just like you do to, to those who are kind. And so, God, we want to be like you in that. We want to trust you even more. Let our trust grow. Give us eyes to see those gaps. And may those be met, God, in your love and with, with our participation. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today, we're, um, we're going to be teaching. We're teaching on one specific sentence in the life of Jesus. And it's called weightier things. And so right now, I want you to move to the person close to you and put your hand on their arm in a sign of compassion. So if you can be somebody, you can touch their arm. And if they're touching your arm, can you give them just a little bit of a pulse, a little flex? Uh, uh. And then if you can turn to that person and say, oh, Lord, have mercy. Right? Because it is not by might and it's not by power that we lift weightier things. But it's by God's spirit that breathes life. And so we're going to be talking about weighty things. And this comes from the mouth of Jesus. And so just to be known, right, if you're here, we want to follow Jesus. That's who we're trying to follow. That's who we're submitting to. That's who we're following to. And Jesus is very unpopular if you follow what he says. And so we want to hold, we want to hold high these words of life, these words of Jesus, and incline our ears and our hearts to hear 
and learn, right? Be apprentices, be students, be learners of Jesus. And so of what, we're, what I'm talking about today, I have a lot to learn, right? I'm telling you what, I've so much to learn. And so we're praying that in the course of these weightier things that we can learn from each other, we can encourage each other, we can support each other because we're going to need it to go on this journey. And so I'm, I'm glad we talked about this today. So here we go. This is in Matthew 23, 23. I like it when those things kind of line up, right, where you can be like, oh, okay, Matthew 23, 23. And, and Jesus is letting some people have it <laughs> in Matthew 23. He's letting the religious people have it. Right? They're the people who've put burdens on people's backs and they've stood in judgment over people. And he's letting them have it pretty, pretty good, but there's a specific one verse that I want to look at. So it's Matthew 23, 23. So if you had a phone with the Bible on it, you can look at it. We might have it. Oh, yeah, we got it right up there. Awesome. Here it is. Woe to you, teachers of the law. That's the Torah, right? The law and Pharisees. Those are people who said, man, we're going to obey everything that Torah says. You hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Real simple, right? Real simple, real clear teaching of Jesus saying, hey, you've done a real good job with your herb garden. You know, and you've been weighing it out, right? Like the minutia. And, and maybe Jesus was even making a joke about that, right? But it's like, you know, you're, you're doing all that work, but you have neglected the weightier things, the heavier things, the more important matters. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to say, Jesus, what are those weightier things that you say, no, here's, here's where the weight is. And so today we're going to look at justice. And next Sunday we're going to look at mercy. And then we're going to look at faithfulness. Wanting to be people who would say, oh, how do we say yes? So they did this great job of majoring on the minor. And if you've been in church, you're right, it's easy to do that. It, it doesn't cost you anything except your herb garden, right? Majoring on the minor, getting hung up on all the things that are inconsequential. But the major things, justice. Micah, who was a prophet, right, and, you know, before the times of Jesus, said something incredibly just like what Jesus said, almost. It just, it mirrors it so much as Micah the prophet was talking to the leaders of Israel. And in Micah 6, 8, Super says, No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right. Like seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Faithfulness. Jesus is almost emphasizing these exact things. I was sitting with Dan and Sharon and asking them questions this week who, who have lived justice, right? And it's like, all right, well, what, how do you define it? How do you describe it for people? Justice. 
It says, oh, justice is the gap. It's the gap between what is and what should be. You get that? It's that space. Here's what's happening, and it shouldn't be. And so justice is that work to step into that gap with comfort, with love, with solidarity, with resources, with energy, with voice, with tears, with presence, and to fill it. Right? To see that there is a pit there, not as a savior, but as an advocate, as a friend, as a listener, as a learner. So justice is the recognition of this gap between what is and what should be. Have you seen some gaps? Some gaps in our world? And that's what Jesus is inviting us to do. So, so in, in Torah, so this is what it's all about. Jesus is like, hey man, in the law, there was all this justice stuff. These gaps of what is. And, and if you've read through um, certain books of the Bible, like Leviticus and Deuteronomy, they're, they're called the books of the law, right? And, they, and, and, and they speak specifically to stuff in there about the law that talked about provision for human relations and establishing fair courts and protecting the vulnerable among people. The, the foreigner that was among them, there were certain things they wanted to do to protect the person who was not among them, and to protect the widow, to protect the orphan, to protect the needy. Things like lending to the needy without interest and treating wage laborers fairly, and, and there's so much more. And not only that, that even in law, there was things about, about justice which was providing rest for people in the midst of their work. They were like, hey, everyone gets the Sabbath, even your animals, right? A fairness and a provision to a weekly rhythm. And not only was there a weekly rhythm to these gaps that was in there, there was actually um, every seven years there was a sabbatical year and it was like, oh, all the people who are laboring in your fields take the year off. And whatever grows, wherever it grows, you can partake of it. It was open for all. And then on the 50th year, it was like this jubilee year that if you had fallen on hard times and you had sold off your family land in order just to be able to sustain your family, all of that was given back to your family. Now, these were the things that were in tour. These were things of justice, of these gaps, of what should be and what, what was. Now, Jesus isn't saying, oh yeah, here's the systems I want you to go. He's like, no, 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 I, like, but, but step into what is. Can you, can you step into what is? Can you be people who care about what is? And be a voice of what should be. Not only a voice, but to act on it. As a community here, we believe this. We recognize those gaps. We recognize that our God is the one who wants to step into issues of justice around our world. We agree with that. We have all the right beliefs to it. But if you're like me, I struggle to integrate that fully into my life in a regular way. 
Right? Struggle with knowing how and where to step in for a number of reasons. And that should not be. And we long for that to change. I long for that to change in me. So you, you've heard us talk about the value that we put out, this value that we want to put to our community. This is how we live, right? And that value that we're putting before our community is this. It's a justice value. It's called mending the world. And this is the value that isn't out there. As you've read our board, we've got six panels out there of values that we live to, that we, that we covenant to. That's a part of the covenant. That we say, yes, here's how we're going to live. And one of those that we see this gap is one about justice, about mending the world. And here's the value, right? I want to read it before you again. One that we're trying to, to look for our entire community to affirm and say, yeah, yeah, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. God's plan is to mend the broken world through Jesus. We join in God's work to bring justice, reconciliation, mercy, and shalom, peace upon the earth until Jesus returns in ultimate triumph over brokenness. That's the value. And we want to step to that. And so Jesus is, I think Jesus is saying to us, ah, children, sons and daughters, let's pursue justice. Come with me. So how do we? This is not easier. It's called a weightier thing. So this mom, I want to invite Dan and Sharon. Um, we have pockets of here where people, you guys live into this beautifully, right? You're, you're leading us. You're leading me. Dan and Sharon have, if you know them, right, they live justice. And so I, I wanted them to speak to a couple of questions on this journey that maybe we can connect to. And so here's this microphone for you. If you guys know these guys, you've ever spent any time with them, you love them. If you haven't, you should, right? Um, we're thankful that they're a part of this community to walk with us. And so the questions that I sent them, I said, okay, so when it comes to, and this is one I want you to be thinking about, when it comes to injustice, those gaps, first question for them, and, and you ponder this as well, do you remember the first, your first encounter with injustice? Do you remember when you encounter? So do you guys remember your first encounter with injustice where you saw it, you experienced it, or it was in your sphere, your family, your neighborhood? And could you share what, what was that experience? So for me, I think I was in sixth grade, um, and that was the time of civil rights unrest around our country. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., John F. Kennedy, they were, I was learning all about these folks in school, and. We'd just gotten a television, I think, when I was maybe five. <laughs> so television was like the window to the world. And, but our family, we lived in rural Ohio, and we drove about 15 miles into Columbus, Ohio, for church. And we drove through um, the south side. And I noticed that there were people of color there and that they lived very differently than we did and I asked my dad, how come these people live like this? And he said, well, uh, these folks have come up from the South looking for jobs, for opportunity, and they want what's good for their children and their future. And so he helped me understand at a young age that 
this gap that I was seeing my life, how I lived and how people lived in Columbus on the south side was because people cared for their families. And that was a great gift he gave me, but it, it, it um, was my beginning awareness of injustice. Ian, how about you? Um, I had a lot of little things before, but uh, pineapples. Um, uh, this is uh, something that happened when, when uh, I was in going to seminary. We were in Boston area, and uh, we were doing a lot of work on world hunger issues and kind of raising money, and I was doing some research, and one of the uh, young folks in our fellowship was from Hawaii. And as we were talking about hunger, he, t he, he said, you know, all the farmers that are producing uh, pineapple in, in Hawaii, they're going out of work. Because, because they can't compete with the pineapples that are coming from the Philippines. Well, I did a little bit of work because uh, I'd heard that there was a conflict going on in the Philippines. There were communists there. And so I studied, started looking at it. And, and I discovered that in the Philippines, the big companies, you know, Dole and some of those folks, that they, they thought we can get pineapples cheaper than those in Hawaii by going in the Philippines and they would buy up land. Sometimes they'd literally steal the land because people didn't have deeds for it. And so they would force people off the land and all these thousands and thousands and thousands of Filipino farmers are losing their land. And so some of them uh, joined the, uh, the, the communist insurgency uh, resisting and the U.S was supporting Ferdinand Marcos, the dictator. We were sending him weapons and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so that the, these folks wouldn't be able to take back the land that had once been theirs, but was now owned by agribusiness. And, um, and I'm going through the store and I say, oh, pineapples, they're cheaper now. Let me take a thing off the shelf. And it was my friend who showed me who was getting hurt by these structures and it was farmers in the in in hawaii farmers in the philippines and you know so that i could get a cheap can of pineapple do you understand why it's called way to your things <laughs> right simple answer it's weighty um so you guys you saw it and so if you guys know dan and sharon they have said yes to this kind of labor right? Yes, the Spirit, the Spirit of God who has moved them to the low places, right? Who has moved them closer to the marginalized and the suffering. They've said yes to that. Out of following Jesus, if you know them, that, that's what it is, out of the common practice of following Jesus. And so for you guys, as you've, as you've done this, and if you can remember, do you remember your first step? Do you remember those early steps when you felt that invitation to go and what you did, how you said yes? So for me, I was at Wheaton College in Illinois, and um, I think my experience of what I saw in Columbus actually has influenced my entire life. It made me very curious about injustice, and so I took an, um, a weekend in Chicago called Undoing Racism, and I remember reading Peggy McIntosh's article, uh, the, the Knapsack of White Privilege. And that article changed my life. It made me want to 
explore more how my life was sewn into this fabric of, of un injustice related to race. And um, from then on, I decided that I wanted to use my power, my privilege and my influence however I could. And that's led me to, it led me to Detroit, to Friendship House, to be the director there, uh, to do faith-based social services. And over the years, I've been part of many, many organizations. So these weightier things can't be dealt with unless you have three things, vision, people, and money. <laughs> And um, so I've allied myself with organizations and people and groups wherever I've been to stand in the gap. Yeah, so, so kind of, I had uh, I'd become a pacifist, a conscientious objector during the war in Vietnam. That's a long, long, long story. But um, it was very much withdrawn from the world. And you know, when I saw world hunger, I was doing mercy. We were trying to raise money for uh, those who are hungry. But as we saw these, these injustices, uh, I kind of put it together and it became my calling to work for peace and justice together that, uh, because the, the, the violence we were seeing had injustice at its roots. And so, so that became my calling and I've been doing peace and justice work around the world, whether both close at home and far away. So we'll give this the Friendship House, uh, Allie. <laughs> Thank you guys. Um, those steps into it are messy, right? And that learning will undo. This is weightier things and it is, it's difficult. And we wanna say yes to it. That question in there was something that, when I asked Dan and Sharon that, they talked about an opening journey can be like even drawing a map of your life of where you have experienced injustice. Seen it, right? And, and, and this, this is a troubling conversation because I understand that it can undo some of us, some of you who have experienced extreme injustice, right? And so the trauma there is heavy. Can be very undoing and there can be another pendulum swing with those others where you're like i don't know if i have experienced any i can't i can't think of an encounter right and sometimes that can bring shame or embarrassment but sometimes it's just we haven't been we haven't been looking right we haven't been seeing as we took those drives along certain places in the cities that we've lived in and didn't ask the questions. Why is that? What's, what's going on there? When you begin to ask those questions of why, become a, a dangerous thing. Dan and Sharon shared this quote, right, from this archbishop from Brazil um, about when you begin to ask the questions of why. He's a Brazilian Catholic archbishop, and he died in 1999. Camera was his name. Do we have that image up there? His quote is saying this, when I give food to the poor, they call me a saint. But when I ask why they are poor, they call me a communist. And we live in times where it gets super political whenever you bring up anything about those gaps right now. And so right now, when we're talking about justice, this is not 
a Democrat or a Republican thing. This is a Jesus thing who said, hey, here's the weightier things to be pursuing. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness in the name of Jesus, right? Out of the heart of God. This is not in response to, a, right, to, to something we don't like in the political thing in order to, be, to set a fire to something else and burn it down. This is response to a door that the Spirit is opening up for us to enter and that doorway is going to feel like death for some, right? But it's rebirth. So right now, I need a couple of people. So take a minute. Here's what I want you to do. If you can, can you, can you just share, like, when you think about the injustices that you've experienced. Again, it had to be to you. I had a very similar thing that Sharon did, that I, I grew up in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and and there was an area of town that all the black people lived in, right? That it was poorer, and their school was more broken down. And, and you're right, and just like seeing that, and you're like, why is that? This is an incredibly uh, middle-class community. Why is everybody there? Right? And you begin to ask those questions. You begin to see it. What's going on? And so... What have you experienced? So would you just turn to the, what have you seen? What is your life rubbed up against when it comes to injustice? So would you turn to the person, just whoever's closest to you, feel comfortable with, um, and share one thing. Turn to the person around you. Can you share something? What are the things your life has rubbed up with? And then I'm going to need a couple assistants who don't mind writing. Anybody willing to write on a chalkboard on this? Uh, I think we need two, only because right, things are going to get, get begin to fly here. You got any, can I get one more? You can help to write. Oh, thank you, Bethany. And I knew you helped last week too. Remind me your name. Uh, Elliot. Elliot, thank you. <laughs> yeah, anybody says yes, right? It's like, hey, I'm in. Let's do this. All right, what did you hear? And so, Elliot, Bethany, we want to, we want to, and again, you may not have, let's, let's start with the things that people have experienced, that you've brushed up against, that you would say is a justice thing, it's a justice issue. There's gaps between what is and what should be. So, do you have a heading? Shout it out. If you guys hear it, write it on the board. Discriminatory housing. Keep them coming, we're ready. We've got two, I've got two writers. I oh, hear two things. What? Judgment of language. Eight mile divide. Injustice to veterans. 
Mass incarceration. Wages, Carol, salary and stuff based on gender and discrimination and age. Absolutely. Incurring prejudice. Yeah. Jesse, you threw something? Yeah. Opportunities going to the rich. Anybody else? What have you experienced? White might. White might. Like might, right? Like, um. Yeah. Condensation. Condensation over the uneducated and the poor. Lo- the be- global injustice, yeah, and local injustice, absolutely, yeah. Militarization of the police. Climate injustice, things being taken, no access to fresh water, <laughs> right? Um, Pollution in the poorest areas, air quality in the poorest areas is the reason why asthma is worse in the city of Detroit than anywhere else in, in these areas, right? Austin, yeah. Bullying, yeah, absolutely. Food deserts. Access to health care. Access to mental health resources. Now, again, we might have experienced some of these, but anybody else, just justice issues with gaps? Oh, my word, right? The, the gaps between communities with resources and the communities with no resources. It's like that balance between school of choice, which is awesome, because you want your kid to go to a really good school, but when, you take your, when the kid goes to another school, the community that they're part of doesn't get the resources, and then they struggle, and then there's some communities where every classroom has, a, has, has one of those computer boards, right? And some schools don't even have air conditioning, right? You know, and so we, just, we see that massive gap. The school that my son goes to the PTA just raised $36,000 by doing a jog around the school. Right? Because they've, they've, got, they've got a lot of resources. It's beautiful. But some schools who can't, right? They don't have that kind of advocacy towards the major needs that they have. There's a gap there. Treatment of the Absolutely. The, the oppression of people and the taking of rights from LGBTQ people. Ageism. From seeing those who are older as a burden or worthless. Intersexual. Sexual. Not sexual. Se- se- sectional. Intersectional reality for women of color. Mm. 
Yeah. I get that. Okay, yeah. Do you hear that from Amanda? She's saying, um, hey, as a black woman and you're going before something, you're a woman, and so you're going to be discriminated part of that. But as a black woman, you got two strikes, and so the black man might get the job before you or just the white woman, right? And so you're, you're the third on the list. Injustice, there's a gap there. Now, okay, right? A lot. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. This is a conversation, the spirit of God wanting to move us into doorways that God is opening for us. Things of justice that Jesus would open. Thank you. I, I push, thank you. I remember when Jesus was saying something to Peter, a disciple, and he said, hey, Peter, a time is going to come into your life where you're not going to want to go someplace, but they're going to take you by the hand and lead you to the place you don't want to go. It's going to be, now, now, Jesus was referencing his death, right? But I think for some of us, when we know that we're being invited into some things that are difficult and hard and weighty, not as the Savior, <laughs> right? But as one to lay, but as a servant, as a listener, as a learner, we understand there's a death to us in that. Many of us would much rather not go there. We would much rather go to an isolated place where those issues don't exist. And you can find them, right? These certain ones don't exist. There's certain places that don't have those issues. And there's always a reason why they don't have those. So as we engage in this, and I want us to tune in to where the Spirit is inviting us. And so this is a weightier thing, and so this is difficult. And so as I've kind of said, this difficulty is about when you begin to ask these questions, and you begin to step into this, there's this over-politicalization, and you're going to be called communist, socialist, and that's what you're trying to do when we're truly just wanting to be a Christian, which is a person who looks like Jesus. That's what we want to do. And so we want to follow Jesus. It's hard. And so Jesus is like, hey, pick up your cross and follow me. It's difficult because, too, when we step to this, there was someone who always benefits from injustice. And so when you begin to step into this, it's going to create trouble and somebody's going to be mad. And you're going to get the kickback. There are powers and principalities, is what the Bible uses if you're a student of the text, right? And you've heard those things before that are there. And so there's, there's someone who is benefiting. And when that gets disrupted, it, it will create tension and pushback and a fight. It's hard because it's a journey. And it's a long journey, it's a marathon of sorts. And for those of you who have run marathons, it's not fun. Right? And those of you who don't run marathons, it's because they're not fun. Right? You lose your toenails. And I mean, wait, those people in here, I know you've been running, right? And, but it's a journey. It's a long one. And we have to have support of each other, community, to learn from others. We are not the muscle. 
but we come to join with those who have been giving themselves to it, to join with them. There's the fatigue that comes from this that many have experienced. Jesus said, hey, um, if you're going to follow me, you've got to count the cost. Right? There, there is a labor to it. Right? Count the cost. Do you have what it takes to do it? There is a fatigue. So yeah, you've got to have these patterns of rest. You've got to have community. You need to make sure you're eating and resting with people who are on this journey. You need to make sure you're with them. And not just in the action, but in the being. Dan Allender talks about um, this sort of statement, and he, he said it's in Romans, right? It's this beautiful text in Romans 16, 20, and it says this. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Now, we've all heard about the one who's going to come and put Satan's head or the serpent's head under their foot, and we're like, that's Jesus, right? He's going to come, and every enemy is going to be under his foot. But, but yet, in this text, it says, no, the God of peace will soon come and crush Satan under your feet, under your feet, under your feet, under your feet, under your, under your feet, right? That, that we were created to step into these cosmic battles for the dignity of humanity, for the good of all creation, these ones that speak to the value of people and the beauty of our God. And as we step into these and doing these, and for potentially for the majority of us, it's small things with great love, right? The head of Satan is crushed under the feet of us who bring good news. Bringing good news, right? Of God's care, liberation, kindness, and goodness. So Dan talks about that all of us were created with a hell no. A hell no to something in this world that as long as I'm alive, I will be against that. Right? I'll, I'll, I'll join in that work. Right? Towards the injustice of racism or the injustices of food insecurities or to the, right, whatever that is. And so we're asking, well, what's your hell no? What is the thing that you've, your story connects to and the passion aligns to where God is inviting you through this doorway to learn and to grow? And this is one that there's a fatigue to it. And some of us come in here today and our hell no is not to something, but our hell no has been to Jesus. <laughs> you can't bring disruption to this in my life, so hell no, Jesus. I mean, I've been there. Right? Saying yes, but yet not, not willing to take those steps of disruption. Right? And so a part of Jesus being Lord is that part of saying, oh, I want to say yes. Right? And so far, when Jesus makes this teaching to all these religious people, he's wanting them to change their actions to do something different. 
And so today we kind of sit here, and I know some of you are engaged in this. You're already engaged in this, and let us learn with you. Let us go with you, let, right? Let, let us join you. Let those of us who are struggling to take some steps enter with you and learn and take that posture. Let us say yes. For many who have gone there, we've got, we've got people here who, who their discipleship looks like this, and we want to follow them into it. And so we want, we want to do that. And so out here in the lobby, I've changed the board. And it is about hearing from God because this is about an invitation to hear what God's saying to us and join where God's inviting us. And so on the board, it says, what's your hell no? And then it, it gives clarity to that. And I, and I think it says that that thing that you say, as long as I'm alive, this injustice should not be, right? This justice is going to be engaged with. So if you can, and you know that already, and you're stepping into that, I want you to write that on there and put your name so we can know who you are. And then we can know that we can learn with you, or we can walk with you, or we can join you. And so if you can on that board, I want to know where you're going, what you're stepping to, what's the thing that God has already been awakening you to. Let us come with you. And so I'm going to encourage you, we're going to leave that up there. So that's what it says. What's your hell no? Does everybody get what that means? Your hell no is saying, well, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to step towards this, issues of poverty, issues of education, issues of discrimination, it, right? These issues with what they're doing with our climate and that injustice that's going around the world, the global, right? What is the one that you sense that Jesus, not guilt, not shame, that Jesus and the Spirit is moving into? So I want you to write that on there. We want to learn from you. P- please, please do so. This, this is not a bragging thing. And maybe you haven't even taken any steps towards it. But it's just something saying, this is the door that God has been opening for me. This is where I hear the Spirit leading me. And so we need to hear it. And so at this time, I, I invite you to write it on the board and put your name. Mark it. And write your name so I can read it, please. So what do we do? Here's where we close, right? And, and here's just a few things that I put on this, right? Um, gosh, not because I know what to do, but, but here's what others have encouraged and what I want to live out. So here's, here's four things, and maybe one of these will connect to you. So the first one, for those of us who are struggling with this, right? Get low. Take on a learning posture. So when we say yes to this, we are not the Savior. We need to learn from others and their experiences. So take on a learning posture. Experience is education. And so many people who have experienced these terrible traumas of injustice have a massive education in it. And many of us haven't. And so we have a lot, a lot of learning that's on us. And as a white man, I have the most. And the white men in here, you do too. It's on us to go low and to learn. You know, there's, there's things out there called a library where the books are free. And you can read them. So go low. Number two, listen. Listen to those who are on the margins. Hear about their experiences. Invite them to talk about, to tell their stories. 
right? So, so listen. This came from Dan and Sharon, too. They're like, listen, listen, listen. Listen. With this part of listen, Shane Claiborne, who's been a prophet of this, he said, you know what? In the church, the issue is not a lack of compassion. It's not that we don't care. The issue is proximity. It's a relationship issue. We're not close enough to the people, to their stories, to hear it. And so listening means you got to figure out, well, how do you get closer? I mean, this, this city has injustice issues in it, right? Royal Oak and stuff. and lived here for many years, lived in Oak Park now, right? But for all the cities, Royal Oak is 92% white. And anytime any city has that kind of vast majority of one race, there's a reason why, right? Now, when you begin to ask the why question, that's when it gets you in trouble. And some of you might be mad at me for saying, what are you trying to say? You're trying to say Royal Oak's racist? No, no, cities aren't racist. Powers and systems have racist issues into them. People can take on racist actions. So no, but, but there's reasons why, right? So learn, listen, step into that and engage in relationships. That's what that might mean. That means you might need to build some relationships. You might need help with that. Number three, give. Open up your time. Open up your resources. If you're kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm sensing something, I can, I, can, I can move resources to something. Time, I can begin just to give myself as a servant. And the final one is reflect. And with this one, I put like four different things. This one came to the reflection could be maybe mapping out your own life with inju- that where you've touched injustice, where that's hit your family right? And just spending more time thinking about that, where you've seen it. The place, because more than likely you have, but maybe it felt just too uncomfortable to say anything or to even reflect deeply on it. It can be painful. So map it out. Map it out with some people where you've touched and share it. The reflection could be this question, what issue of injustice makes you want to run? into the battle? Is there something that makes you want to participate? Have you been participating in something? Name it. And the same one, what is your hell no in the world? And the other one is, what's your hell no to Jesus? Let me pray. Holy Spirit, it's not by might, not by power, but by your spirit that will lead us in. So Holy Spirit, come and guide us. This is not about shame, guilt, but hearing from you and following your lead. This is not about easy. (laughs) This is about a weightier thing. So Lord, your mercy upon us that we would hear your invitation and join you. This calling of calling us towards this doorway Holy Spirit, come and tend to us. Let the conversation reverberate. Let this just not be a chance where I just riff off for a little bit and we forget it. Holy Spirit, open up the conversation. Let people be mad about what we've talked about, but, but, but 
know why and talk about why. Let them be pumped and excited. Let the chills come in. Let your spirit move us so that we could hear your invitation to weigh to your things. Your kingdom come, Lord Jesus. Let us follow you, we pray. Amen. Amen? This is not about solving it. I'm clearly not going to solve it. This is us saying we're going here. You guys are already going there, or many of you. You want to go with you. We're going to close. We're going to take communion together. It's fitting. Oh, Jesus' triumph over all the gaps, right? His body and blood shed for us. This is his invitation into life to fuel us for the journey. His body, his blood, this covenant that he made that pulls us into his life. In a way, when we eat this, we're saying no to the life we can create for ourselves. No to the idolatry of the life we can create for ourselves, which potentially is all about comfort. No, but saying yes to the life of Jesus, his body and blood, saying yes to his life that will lead us to weightier things with his spirit. And so um, I, I invite you, you want to open up this communion thing? There's a wafer there on top. Thank you, Jesus, for your body that is broken for us. Oh, God, thank you that you don't ignore all the weighty things of this world. Yeah, they'll be made run white. They'll all be made right one day, and you invite us to step in with you right now. Thank you for your body that is broken and the things you make right in that. Broken for us. Not through, you didn't do this right work, God. You did it through sacrifice and through love. Praise you, Jesus. May we find life in you and your sacrificial love. Fuel us for the journey as we say yes to heaven. Yes to you, Jesus, and yes to your life. Amen. Church, let's eat. You open up the, the juice packet. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood that is shed for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, we're made right with you through your blood that is shed. But you invite us in joining to mend the world. We're right with you. There's no shame, no condemnation. Fuel us for this journey. We praise you that sins can be forgiven. For those who are bringing injustices in this world, they can be forgiven. You lift them, Lord out of their shame and guilt. And you lift the victims out of shame and guilt and brokenness. And you bring healing by your great work. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Let us drink into this life. Amen. And Marty's going to sing for us, right? We're going to sing. We're going to worship. So I invite you, when you're ready, stand. Sing.
thank you. So church, take a deep breath and breathe it out. The Spirit of the Lord says, not by your might, not by your power, but by my Spirit. So again, breathe in the free gift of the Spirit. Breathe out. May you hear the Master, the Lord Jesus, say, come with me. And may we say yes. Say yes to heaven. And hell no to everything else that gets in that way of God's goodness. Let's say yes. I want to. I need your help. We strengthen each other. Where we're weak and we have these other strengths, we get to guide each other and use those gifts. Let's use them. If you're going alone, would you take us with you? We will slow you down. We will be a pain in your butt. But we need you and we want to go. Be blessed of our God who's making all things right. When I ask Sharon, I said, Sharon, what gives you hope? And this is the word, Jesus wins. Man, that list is going to be done with one day, right? And by us stepping into it, we're saying, yeah, it's going to be done with, but no work we do will be in vain. So let's step to it. Yes, Jesus. Be fueled for that journey by the goodness and the love of Jesus. May the love of Jesus pour on you. Pour on you for those of you who are weary. Pour his strength upon you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, church. Beautiful to be with you. Let's get to it.